Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your host, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live, as always, from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I think that we're going to cover a lot of stuff on our listeners and our coaching clients' minds on this call. I think we're going to cover a lot of ground, so I'm looking forward to that. And before we get started on that, I've got a couple of shout-outs when you're ready. So the topic of today's show, guys, are the top five questions that we had from listeners from last week. We get a lot of emails, most of which we uh, will respond to via email, some of which we hold out to answer on the podcast. And others will call you guys, will call bomb you guys, basically, and just call up if the question requires a longer, more intricate answer and we don't feel like typing. So we do answer all of our emails, but these are the ser- these are five emails or five questions that we, Julie and I, had been sort of monitoring as being, uh, I think, a, a recurring themes. And I know why, because this is the time of year when a lot of you guys go to seminars and retreats and whatever else you want to call them. And these are the types of things that a lot of other people are telling you guys to focus on to build your real estate businesses. And then you listen to Julie and I, and you're saying, oh, my gosh, these things are conflicting. Who am I supposed to believe? And then you guys ask us for clarification on why we say uh, what we do, why we coach agents to do um, the things we ask them to do. And we're going to be covering the top five questions that you guys asked us last week. But before we do, Julie, I know there's a ton of activity over on our private Facebook page. Anything in particular, anyone you'd like to acknowledge? Yes, indeed. Quite a few people. Uh, Let's see, lots of sharing of uh, checklists and things of that nature for taking care Mm -hmm. of transactions and, you know, not the most exciting thing in the world, but certainly practical and applicable. But here's a story that I wanted to share from one of our Canadian agents, Andrew Hefner. He has an update. The new listing, which he attained following the premier coaching for sale by owner script and the premier process for pre-qualifying, pre-appointment, pre-listing package drop-off, being first before they meet any other agents, and subsequently pricing, staging, and marketing with the best premier coaching practice tools. I am happy to announce the listing is conditionally sold. That's a Canadian thing. Uh, Three days, only three days on the MLS. I would love to go to the baseball game on Saturday, but I'm going to do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it instead. I'll be having a buy-the-book open house to attract potential backup offer, look for another listing, and find a motivated buyer to get under contract. Side note, this property had been on the market with another agent for four months prior to expiring and then going FISBO. Let's see. The agent I bested to secure the new listing wanted to price it 20000 lower than me, had either really priced this home properly or been willing to do the work instead of blaming the local market slowdown. Hmm. Leverage ten, I leveraged tens of thousands. We probably do have that many of coaching calls by staying on point, and the results of your desires will follow. Grateful Julie Harris for the gentle nudges and Tim for the push to stay frosty and furious with my follow-up. But for those worried about Amazon or some Internet program that will make you obsolete, I can tell you in a slow market as mine is, you will be needed more more and able to charge more. No computer was going to get in my face to face was going to get face to face with my sellers at 9:20 p.m. and be able to articulate why they should work with an offer that was under asking. Joy. At critical Joy. moments computers and DocuSign, yes. I had too long. Moving on. Deanna Chavez. <laughs> well, <laughs> but wait, the degrees. point is that he followed the system. He took a expired right. turned FISBO, got them sold and said lather rinse repeat. 
even though he got it sold, how many agents would have just said, enough's enough, I'm going to enjoy my weekend? He's, he said, lather, rinse, repeat. That's my only point there. But go ahead. Deanna Chavez, it's 100 degrees in Texas. We just door knocked and invited people to an ice cream float social open house this weekend. Plan on door knocking before the event, too. Bring on the lead. So great job, Deanna. This is from our private Facebook page. And also, a, um, I really like this. You, a lot of you guys are using the private Facebook page to share or to basically hold each other accountability. That is fantastic. I'm liking how you guys are asking, like, for example, uh, Jonathan Bradbury, I'm just getting started in real estate, need, to, uh, need people for my sphere of influence, and he's asking for folks to basically hold him accountable. Yes, and Tammy, we love your T-shirt videos. Great. Your T-shirt, great. <laughs> Sorry. Your T-shirt video, thank you for sharing that. And if you guys want to get your free T-shirt, please just go to uh, HarrisRulesStore.com, HarrisRulesStore.com, and use the promo code, and evidently it has to be in all caps, uh, PREMIER, and you guys will be able to uh, get a free T-shirt, and you will only have to pay for shipping and handling, which I believe is like 8 bucks. Look, guys, tons and tons of really wonderful things. I really like Andrea Cooper posting a picture of her calendar for the next five months, indicating the day she's going to work and the day she's not going to work. All great stuff. Make sure you guys who are members of the Premier Coaching Program participate on the website, on the Facebook page, because you will really get a great sense of the community that we have going on there. And there was a huge amount of comments, over 200 comments, on an article on a show we did a couple weeks ago and uh, Gina, our producer, is going to be publishing some of those comments. And, of course, it's on the a very, very, I think, uh, loathsome topic of Zillow and the whole instant offers thing. Um, and we have given you guys access. And, Gina, I know you're listening. When you post this, please uh, go and also include a link so they can download the white paper. We have uh, created what we feel to be a pretty detailed solution for you guys who are living in fear of these instant offer companies. And I do legitimately feel that these are going to be the big biggest threat to the normal business uh, structure of, uh, that we've ever seen in re uh, residential real estate. As big of a threat as a recession, as a big of a threat, or as big of a disruption, whatever you want to call it, as uh, Zillow and some of the other things that have happened. These instant offers companies, people are not paying attention to them. They're not taking them seriously. They're discounting them. They're really not uh, focused on what a huge disruptor truly that these companies can be. So we're going to post an article um, about all your comments because we have some very smart listeners who made some very smart comments. And also the paper that we created that is going to give you a step-by-step -step instructions on how you can combat against, fight back against, defend against, and ultimately compete against uh, these instant offers companies. So today's show, we're focusing on the five top uh, top topics, top questions that we had from you guys from last week. And if you ever have any questions for Julie and I, please just feel free to email us, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. So as Julie and I were coming up with the top five questions, here was the recurring themes that we saw, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk too much on these because I want to get right to the questions, but here are the overriding themes to the top five questions, and they all seem to be revolving around the same thing. So as we go through these questions, I want you guys to remember these points because you're going to see these bubbling up again and again. So the, number, the first uh, theme is not being 100% committed to becoming the best version as, uh, as of a real estate professional as you can. In other words, I see lots of occurrences of people that are frustrated, that are stymied because they have not yet to uh, fully commit to becoming uh, the best version of a real estate professional that they can. And that manifests in a lot of different ways, but I want you to remember I told you guys that because then you'll be able to identify the real – when we read these questions, you guys will be able to say, oh, that was – 
basically what Tim was saying, this is clearly somebody who's asking a question because they've not yet fully committed. The next theme that we saw is believing in quick fixes or silver bullets. And uh, look, guys, I wish there were quick fixes and silver bullets out there, <laughs> believe me, um, but there aren't. And at the end of the day, if you're looking for them, you're always going to be stymied. You're always going to be essentially following um, uh, paths that are going to lead you to really a lot of disappointment. And again, this time of year, you guys go to seminars, you guys go to retreats, you guys go to boot camps, you guys go to all kinds of different things, um, and the information being sold to you is 99% of the time uh, trying to feed your desire to look for a quick fix. So be mindful of that. The next recurring theme is too, met, too much focus on buyers versus sellers. And we get these questions all the time from you guys, and we're going to address that specifically. So I want you to look for that recurring theme. And the last recurring theme is um, listening to or taking advice from bad sources. By bad sources, I didn't know of another – I guess bad sources kind of says what it is without me trying to be overly uh, uh, PC perhaps. But really, you guys have to learn how to basically decide who you're going to be listening to for advice because God knows nowadays everyone's an expert, right? I mean it seems like the qualifications to offer advice is, is incredibly low. So what I would suggest to you is you decide, you create your own rules, you create your own standards for who you're going to listen to for advice. I had a coaching client last week ask me about who I listen to or who I'll go to for advice. You know, basically he was asking me where I, how Julie and I uh, stay thinking and acting like we do. Um, and we do have some friends, but for the most part we do a lot of reading. But who we decide to listen to, either in reality or, you know, basically through something we consume, a book or whatnot, is we look for people that are not just a little bit further down the road than us, but way farther down the road. We look for advice from billionaires. We look for people that have started companies. We look for people that have actually done it. What we don't listen to and we never will listen to are people that just talk about doing it that have never done it. And this is what our industry is full of people that talk about doing it but never have done it. So your first rule before you decide to go to a seminar, a boot camp, or whatever else, is you need to ask the person who is uh, you know, providing the information, have you actually sold houses in a, at a high level? Now, houses at a high level, just to create a standard for you, has to be over 100 homes, and they have to have not done it just once, but they have to have done it consistently. And they haven't done that. Now, that's a high standard for a lot of you. Others of you, that's just a no standard. That's just something you do as a matter of course of business. I get that. But let's all agree that that's a good starting point to someone who's actually on their path to creating what we'd consider true expert status. Not somebody who just claims to be an expert. This claiming to be an expert thing is just a marketing gimmick that basically happens when a lot of people don't take the time to really question the supposed expert's um, expertise, if you will. So the last point, I want you to guys to look out for it for yourselves. When you guys are bouncing around the Internet looking for little quick tips and fixes and silver bullets, don't be surprised if you're constantly finding yourself being confused because you're listening to people who, frankly, have never done it before, and they're just passing along information they may have heard from, say, Gary Vanderchuk, or which you know he is an expert in his field. Or you might hear somebody basically pontificating something about mindset that they're stealing from Tony Robbins. All these types of things, you guys need to become very, very careful and selective. So you know, there's this whole phenomenon of fake news. Well, I'm going to create a new category. It's called fake coach or, or fake advice. <laughs> So you need, to, yeah. you need to be on the lookout because they're out there. All right, Julie, the first question, and I'll let you jump into this one. The first question, actually, uh, 
this is probably the number one most important question we get all the time. So this is, I think you're perfectly uh, able to handle the, uh, you know, yeah. getting to the point on this one. So what are the top five sources of leads you recommend? Or Julie, they'll ask us oh, all yeah. the time. What do you guys suggest for lead generation? Lead generation. Well, let's get a few points out of the way. First of all, when we're talking about leads, leads with quotes, air quotes around it, have no value. Only pre-qualified appointments have value. And one could argue really only closed deals have value, but they have to come from somewhere. Leads on their own have no value. Pre-qualified leads are what has value. And you should have your radar go off when you start hearing things like impressions, which are not even called leads. They're like stepping back, not stepping forward. Buying leads is a lazy person's attempt and a short-term fix to a long-term problem. Most people who buy leads don't even really know what they're buying. So learn to earn from uh, doing business with sellers. You don't have to be perfect at presenting your pre-listing package or the listing presentation or objection handling or closing. You don't have to be perfect at any of that in order for you to close the deal and to earn while you learn. Many of our listeners, Tim, have an experience deficit because they're afraid. They haven't embraced this earn while you learn phenomena. They would rather try to buy easy leads that will just close themselves, which, by the way, don't exist. So sellers are the key to your long-term ever-increasing success. But let me circle back to top five sources. And I think you'll probably supplement with your top five favorite. I think we're in agreement on at least three of them. I think everyone should have a basic core spoke of their centers of influence and past clients. This comes from obviously past clients, but not everybody has them or has enough of them. Expanding your center of influence, clubs, associations, stuff that you do through your kids, through your family. You know, if I were to do it over again, Tim, I'd do probably 10 times as much as what we did. Because we had such, you know, I had my music sphere, you had your car sphere, but everybody's got to have the core base of this. Right, and we're getting great chats. We're getting great chats, Julie, on the private chat from uh, listeners. So let's make sure we pay attention to the chats. If you guys want to chat us during the show, you know how to. So what Julie said there was the most important thing is buying leads is a lazy person's attempt at a short-term fix to a long-term problem. And that's where I want you guys to focus. I want you guys to focus on the fact that buying leads. You know, it's funny when you guys get calls from these guys trying to sell leads. It doesn't matter which portal it is. Have you ever noticed? I like to use the word partner. We're going to partner for uh, with you to create your lead generation guys they're partnering with you in the same way that say a virus partners with a host or a flea partners with a dog okay you got to remember that there is no there is no real partnership going on there guys they're just basically trying to bleed you dry and that's the truth and but the thing is is they know that you're looking for the quick fix they know you're looking for the easy button so they're going to sell you what you, you know what they're selling you to believe is the easy button this is how you basically never create a business this is how you always go to what our next most popular question is, and here it is, number que- question number two. By the way, guys, part of our coaching program is we give you over 50 proven lead generation systems, and those 50-plus 50, 50, uh, proven lead generation systems, I would say about 40 of them cost you absolutely nothing. And the reality of it is is the best lead generation sources never cost you anything, but they do require that you have skill, and that's really what matters. Is that, and you're, Again, look for that recurring theme. I warned you guys about this at the top. If you're believing in th- quick fixes and silver bullets, you're always going to be struggling with the most 
common question number two is I have ups Tim and Julie, I have ups and downs in my income. Good months are usually followed by bad months. Why? And I'm going to go through these uh, points that we wrote down, and, and then we can, you know, we'll talk about them a little bit, but pretty much they're self-explanatory. Point number one, inconsistent work habits. By inconsistent work habits, that can mean a lot of things, but here it is. Very simple. You're not consistently working. So one day you'll do, like, you know, I'll just summarize it. I have coaching calls with you guys all the time, and you'll claim that you're too busy, busy, busy. You work a 1,000 hours a week, and you're this, that, and the other. And I believe you. I believe that you're burning at both ends. I believe that you're stressed out. But then I ask you what it is that you did during that last week, and you will rattle off all these things. It goes from pounding signs to making brochures to just doing all this busy work. In other words, you're filling your day with just busy work, and you're not doing the stuff that you should be considered that should be considered involuntary. For example, if lead generation every day, if pre-qualifying leads every day, if presenting every day, if negotiating every day, and closing contracts every day was involuntary, you had to do it as part of your job. You'd get it done, wouldn't you? But you don't. And so as a result of that, you fill your day with all this busy work. So here's a fun thought for you. And I know no one's going to do this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So create – actually, if you guys do this and you post it on our private Facebook page, uh, Premier Coaching Members, I will give each of you a, a free coaching call. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep an hour-by-hour -hour log of what you do for the next 40 to 50 hours this week. Today's Monday, so I want you to keep a log of what you're doing the rest of the week. So listen, so keep a, keep a log – of what you did during the entire week. I want you to basically look to see how much time you actually spent doing the following things. Lead generation, pre-qualifying, uh, going on appointments, negotiating contracts, and, and also obviously you guys want to spend uh, time on really the main thing, which is the pre-qualifying and the, the lead generation. So how much time did you spend on that during the whole week? So keep a log of that and post it on the private Facebook page. What you're going to find is even an efficient agent usually doesn't spend any more than maybe, maybe a half hour a day on the things that are actually going to lead to a paycheck because you spend the rest of your time worrying and uh, spending time on things that really don't need to be done at all. And that's really what's uh, confusing about real estate nowadays because you get bombarded with all these messages. You guys get bombarded about, you know, and we're going to talk about team building. You get hammered all the time about why aren't you forming a team. You get hammered all the time about your branding, about your website, about your lead generation systems, after your drip campaigns, off your this or your other thing. But what you're doing is you're spending all your time on those things, which are not going to lead to a paycheck, and you guys wonder why you're – uh, your income is up and down. You're wondering why basically you have uh, really no consistent money. You might have a great month, but then it's usually followed by a terrible month. Have you all noticed that? If that's the case, it's because you have inconsistent work habits. The second point I wrote down is lack of business maturity. And that's, that's just the straight, direct way of saying it. You have not yet embraced or accepted the fact that you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. You spend your time thinking that you have to only work when you feel passion. You're believing in needing to discover your one thing. That's lack of business maturity. Business, someone who has business maturity does what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level every single day, not just when they feel like it. And again, that's really where our coach comes in. The coach is going to teach you guys, or I shouldn't say teach, because most of you guys intuitively know what you're supposed to be doing. You just don't do it. And that's what a good coach is going to do is help you drill down on the things you're supposed to be doing. Here's the amazing thing. When you decide to actually do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, you end up working a hell of a lot less. 
that's the little that's a little kind of interesting switch that or lever that you guys will be able to flip within yourselves. Some of you are so burned out because you seem to work all the daylight, all the hours, all the seconds in your life selling real estate, buying real estate, working with folks, managing your you know aspects of your business. And once you realize how much of that time is being uh, misspent on things that really don't need to ever be done, you'll feel liberated. And, and, guys, it really does come down to that. So lack of business maturity. No, the next little sub-point I wrote down is not knowing that you have to work all your best efforts every day focused on sellers and not on buyers. That really is the bottom line, guys. You know, the mindset of a buyer being a 30-day paycheck or 45-day uh, paycheck is keeping you broke. And we, I remember very clearly when Julie and I were selling real estate, we first got into the business when we were early 20s. There were agents in our office who all they did was work with buyers, and I know why they did it, because they could go out and they could put a first-time buyer in contract, and generally speaking, they get a paycheck every 30 days. But they worked all the time, and those but buyers would flake labor, out isn't all the that's right, and those buyers would flake out all the time. And, guys, look, working with buyers is, again, and remember those first five points I wrote down, working with buyers is what happens when you basically are focused on short-term fixes to long-term problems and not understanding. And, 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 get, and guys, this is, an, you know, this is the next reason you have ups and downs in your paycheck, right, your, pay, your income, not understanding the true effort uh, – the cycle of real estate. It takes 90 to 120 days minimum from first contact to paycheck. And so in other words, the contacts you make today, they're not going to result in a paycheck in 30 days. Sometimes it's six months depending on your market. And there's seasonality and other natural, predictable, slower times of the year that you need to emotionally and financially be prepared for. There's the big ones, the holidays. But how about August? It's chock full of kids going back to school. When kids go back to school, you guys are distracted. Your customers are distracted. And as September rolls around, everyone gets busy again. October, people are busy except for the last week. So what you need to do is you need to understand the cycles of real estate and make sure on the on the times of year when you guys can work where you are going to have the highest probability of success that you make sure you drill down then and not slack off not take time off the next sub point to why you have ups and downs in your income is you're taking too long to hire your first admin or you're hiring the wrong admin and you're not training the admin we're going to be talking about that on future shows and again guys really not working win at work. That really is the bottom line. And it comes down to mastering the five core disciplines, lead generation, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. So Julie, point number three, I was hoping this would be a, a fast-paced show, and it is. Point number three, question number three we get all the time, Jules, is why do you always tell me to focus on listings and not buyers? That's it. So the better question is why don't agents only focus on sellers versus buyers? Remember, working with listings is mental work, but buyers is definitely physical labor. Sellers require sales skill, business approach to real estate. You know, objection handling, being able to close, present, etc. But buyers are mostly social. That's why they're a little bit easier. If we're being honest, they're a lot easier. Sellers require lots of conversations that, if not done correctly, will result in a negative outcome. And yet, sellers are what give you leverage. Listings give you leverage. You have to understand your magic number from the treasure map. You guys that are coaching members, you all have the treasure map. So real estate treasure map, inside there is something called figuring out your magic number. Your magic number is the number of listings that you have to have at all times, not buyers, listings, in order to drive the numbers that make your goals work in business. So if you've got to have, say, four closings a month, to meet or exceed all of your goals, not just keeping the lights on, but the goals you did from the treasure map, 
you've got to know how to get to those four closings. Well, there's a magic number based on absorption rate in your, in your marketplace, your ability to price things correctly. There's a few different factors, but you've got to know what your magic number is. Maybe you have to have 10 listings at all times in order to guarantee a minimum of three to four closings per month. Maybe your market works a little bit faster and your skill level is a little bit higher. And in order to do those same four deals, maybe you only need six listings at all times. Or maybe they're going so fast so you only need four. But you've got to know is the point. Most agents never have this thought in their head. They're just chasing buyers. Back to you. So the magic number for, the magic number formula, guys, is part of the Real Estate Treasure Map. It's one of the six books we give you when you request a free coaching call, when you go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, or you can just text the word coaching to 24587. Text the word coaching to 24587. Message and data rates uh, do apply. And you guys will be uh, get a call, an instant call back from one of our new member coaches who will answer any questions you might have about the coaching program and also get you started on your Real Estate Treasure Map. Okay, next, point number four. I'm going to try to get through the next two points. Point number four, our, um, this is a question we get in a lot of different forms every day. And I know that the Inman conference just was going on, and there's other conferences that are going on, and everyone's talking about teams. And, I'm, and we talk about a lot of te- about teams on this uh, podcast, but what we don't do is we're not real advocates of big teams. And there's a real bottom line reason why. So here's the question we get all the time. Um, are you advocates of teams? Should I form a team? Am I getting tons of pressure to form a team or join a team? I mean, we get these questions constantly from you guys. All right, here's why we don't preach from the book of teams, and that's what it's become. Teams have become a religion, and when you speak out against teams, you're some kind of heretic. Have you guys noticed that? You, everyone is basically believing that the road to Shangri-La is basically by forming a team, and I'm here to tell you it's not, and I have proof for you. So we absolutely do want successful agents to create profitable teams. The litmus test of a uh, successful team is profit, 50% profit margins. Back when the team phenomena first started to happen in the 90s, teams had 50% profit margins. But what's happened now? The current team focus has created a paradigm where profit is no longer part of the equation. In fact, most teams have before net tax a profit of around 10%, before tax um, profit of around 10%. In other words, they're making before like they make a million dollars and the profit before taxes is only around 100 grand. Hey guys, listen, don't believe me, believe Steve Murray. He's the one that tracks all these things. He's the industry's probably go-to expert when it comes to mergers and acquisitions. He's seen behind the curtain of more medium and large-sized brokers and now teams than anyone else has because those uh, companies were trying to position themselves to sell. So Steve would actually go in, does go in, looks at their numbers, and tries to ascertain what their profit is. And one of the things he consistently talks about, or it's, it, and it's right out there for you guys to discover this on yourself, just go to our past podcast we did with him and listen to the interview, is that most teams have a before-tax profit of only around 10%. Okay? In my opinion, if you, that's not a good business model. And there's lots of reasons why that has become acceptable. There's lots of reasons why people have not, you know, frankly, in a position of leadership in our industry, there's lots of reasons why they haven't rallied against teams and, and tried to educate agents on the fact that it is a very unprofitable business or a very unprofitable thing to do. And you know what? You guys need to determine yourselves whether or not that's the path you want to follow. Do you want to go up and down that mountain to form a team just to have a profit of 10% or thereabouts from the formation of your team? For many of you, it makes no sense, and it'll frankly be a 
a long road to fut- uh, uh, I was going to say futility. I guess I will say that. It is a long road to futility. Most of the team models being advocated are predicated on buyer transactions, and this is the big problem. In other words, buying leads and having buyer agents close them. Well, you know, what are the problems with that approach, guys? We've talked about this endlessly on this podcast. Bottom line, there's little to no profit. Next subpoint: teams are full of agents who are not 100% committed, not committed to learning how to generate leads, not committed to learning how to pre-qualify. Teams are full of agents who just want to earn enough money, um, and then their performance drops. Have you noticed, team leaders, that most of your buyer's agents will earn enough money just to have some resemblance of financial comfort for the following month, and then what they do is they stop working. Working. So there's an interesting thought for all of you. That's the reason what we advocate and what we coach agents to do is form what we call smart, profitable teams. Smart, profitable teams are generally speaking less than five people, and their primary focus every day is on listings, not on buyer sides. Go and look back and listen to past podcasts, or if you want me to talk with you one-on-one about that, feel free to email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com. And uh, if I have time, I'll call you back. Or if not, I'll email you back, and I'll send you some links to past podcasts that you guys will benefit from listening to. And so, look, guys, the bottom line is, is if your goal is to create a profitable business, the chances are the new team models that are being advocated all over the country right now, are, is, those are, it's not going to get you there. The belief that you can delegate to the point of having passive income is a total and complete lie, and I want you to remember that. What agents do, and the big mistake even small business owners make, is they, they abdicate. They don't delegate. In other words, they give up power, and they do not verify that stuff is being done. And in real estate, unlike many other businesses, guys, the money is always going to be on the listing side of things. So you don't need to have a big team if you're focused on becoming a powerful listing agent. And, guys, we have discussed also on previous podcasts how there's a very real reason to believe the buyer agency as it exists is going to be going away. In other words, if you're trying to basically make your, your, your uh, checkbook balances balance off buyer transactions as a team or as an individual, I would strongly encourage you to really look at the horizon and realize that the, ad, uh, that the instant offers companies and a lot of the other companies that are out there are going to make buyer agents' commissions no longer an entitlement, no longer an, an institutional part of the transaction. Buyer's agents are going to have to start asking for their buyers to pay their commission, just like a listing agent has to. When that starts happening, guys, what's going to happen to buyer agency? How many buyers are going to want to pay their buyer's agent's commissions out of their own pocket? Seller won't pay for it. House is $300,000. Mr. Buyer, if you want your buyer's agent's commission included, you have to now pay three hundred nine. How many buyers are going to do that? I think very few. How many buyer's agents are going to want to ask their buyers to do that? I think very few. So guys, pivot. Focus on listings. Now the last point I wrote down, the last question I wrote down, now, we don't get that one, this last question, that often, but still, it's an interesting question. A lot of people ask questions about branding, and I get this in different forms, and the question is usually revolving around the idea that you have to form a brand to be successful, that you have to somehow basically have some kind of you know, brand recognition, some kind of logo, some kind of big, expensive marketing campaign so that when people think of real estate, they think of you. Okay, so here's a fact – 
That used to be how things worked. It used to be if you wanted to basically have a successful business, you had to go in the marketplace, you had to hammer it with your brand, and then you had to basically fight to make it so that you had that percent of mind share. So that when someone thinks of you know soft drink, they don't even usually say soft drink, they say Coke or Pepsi. You guys get the point? And so a lot of the things that are being sold to agents as being necessary to be successful under the guise of branding are obsolete thinking that basically were created back in the 1940s and the 1950s. And here's basically how it works. You take a mediocre product, you know, or you take even a decent product, and you spend tons and tons of money trying to make people think and feel a special way about that product to the point where they end up choosing to basically uh, give that product preferential treatment. That does not work anymore, and I'm going to tell you why, and here's the bottom line reason why. Because most people, and brokers, you're going to hate me for saying this, but it's true, most people never hire an agent based on their brand. Usually, and this is going to be a big movement in the industry, more so than it's been in the past, usually people are getting business from it used to, from I'm going to say referrals, but it's not really truly a referral. It's a professional network referral. A Dave Ramsey ELP is a for example. Banks, insurance companies, there's going to be Amazon. We've talked about that before. A lot of these companies are going to be getting into the space where they're going to take the eyeballs that they have on their website, the attention that they get, and they're going to be monetizing that as a real estate lead and selling it back to you. It's what Zillow does, I suppose, but in a different form. In our opinion, that is going to become a major force in the real estate industry where you have these controlled referral type uh, relationships, more so than in the past with reload companies, more so in the past than even with Zillow. It's going to become a normal part of business. In order to get those prefer preferential treatment or preferential referrals, you're going to have to, of course, basically qualify. You're going to have to take some education. You're going to have to do this other stuff. But that's on the horizon. In that reality, guys, and I think everyone will agree that's around the corner, in that reality, does a brand matter? Does it really matter? Will someone hire you because you're with XYZ company or they hire you because, you know, uh, Amazon basically is giving you a whole bunch of, um, you know, prime Amazon prime credit because you used XYZ realtor. You guys get my point. And here's what's even more freaky. And if you think about, I'll use Amazon. I'll stay with that as an example. When you use Alexa, and a lot of you guys use different sources, you know, your Alexa's that little widget, that little uh, basic machine that a lot of people are having become a natural part of their home life, where it just sits in their, you know, on their kitchen countertop, and they say, and it, it's directly connected to Amazon. And they'll say, you know, Alexa, you know, order me bananas, or Alexa, I need to buy milk, or whatever, or Alexa, I need to buy an ironing board, whatever it is. And then, Alexa, find me an ironing board. And then, Alexa, you guys should do this or watch videos about how this works or even, you know, if you have this device in your own house, think about what I'm telling you. That's how people are going about making buying decisions nowadays. They're not going to Alexa or they're not going to Amazon. I buy junk, as all of you guys do, on Amazon every day. Did you know, here's what's amazing, 51% of every American household is an Amazon Prime member. That means that they have a, a, they pay a fee every year to get preferential treatment from Amazon, which tells me that 50%, 51% of all American households are customers of Amazon. You guys following me on this? And so I don't know what percent of those people are using Alexa, but let's assume that technology in one form or another becomes the new technology, becomes like how you go about interacting with Amazon. You know, basically Amazon wants to be your gateway to all things. You know, they got it in the Netflix space. They bought Whole Foods. They're now into all these different types of things. So 
isn't it a natural – of course they're going to do the referral thing. Amazon or Alexa, find me a real estate agent who is going to charge me the least commission, who specializes in houses over $500,000. And then Amazon, through its own algorithm, is going to spit out the result and say, you know, Tim and Julie Harris are fit your criteria. Would you like me to set up an appointment? Yes, Alexa, and then you'll schedule an appointment. There's no mention of brand. There's no mention of allegiances to this, you know, this, this affiliation or that affiliation. That is where the world is going. That is the direction the world is going. In that world, branding doesn't exist. When you go to Amazon today, if you guys have Alexa, or if you just go there and you do a search, do you ever put in brand names when you're searching for something? I don't. You'll just put an ironing board, let's say. And then it'll spit out ironing boards. And what you're starting to see Amazon do is they're actually giving preferential treatment to their own house brands. Just like grocery stores have been doing forever, Amazon's going to start doing the same thing. You guys can, in your mind, see where this is going to go. The Amazon Prime agent, let's say, whatever it's going to end up being called, you know, they're kind of copying the same business model that Dave Ramsey has created. The Amazon Prime agent is going to get preferential treatment. When someone goes to does a search on Amazon for a realtor, when someone does a search on Amazon for any kind of service provider, that's how it's going to work. So look, guys, do not spend a lot of money and time on branding because there's no future in it. Branding in the traditional sense is a dead art form. It just doesn't matter nowadays. What you must do and how you're ultimately going to win is when you become incredibly good at doing what you do as a real estate professional. And this goes back to the first thing, and we're going to wrap the show for today. The first point I talked about when we were talking about the overriding themes is not being 100% committed to becoming the best version of you as a real estate professional. And that's what I'm talking about, where you don't really – where you decide, I'm I'm not going to work with sellers or I'm not going to learn how to help uh, sellers that are underwater. Or I'm not going to learn how to help sellers that basically are having uh, issues with reality when it comes to price where you're avoiding the things that you have a feeling will cause you possible discomfort. The doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. When you don't move past that, you will not be relevant. You have to move past that. You have to in your mind Acknowledge all the things that you know that you do not want to do in this business, and those are the things you need to focus on because that's where your growth is going to need to be. The way you become more relevant, the way you become incredibly successful in the very near future, a lot of the things that it took in the past are going to be what it takes to move forward, but please recognize that the world is changing incredibly fast. And I want all of you guys to be incredibly successful. If there's ever anything we can do for you, please email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Guys, look, we listen to what you say. We respond to what you say. We do our best to try to help you. We recognize the fact that you know we're the number, this is the number one listen to podcast for real estate agents out there for a reason, because you guys are liking the tactical, practical, uh, you know, direct advice we're giving you on how to be successful in this real estate market. If you ever have any suggestions for shows, any questions you might have, any topics you want us to really drill down on, email us directly at Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.